As a reminder, the following podcast is an inclusive space for sex and sexuality where we talk about adult themes, sexual content, and may use some strong language. Welcome to today's episode of My Other Boyfriend is a Vibrator, where we have a no kinks limited mentality to sex and erotica, and absolutely no topic is too taboo to discuss. My name is Hallie Catherine. I'm a sex positivity advocate, self-published author, and erotica enthusiast who's in a polyamorous relationship with my favorite sex toy. On today's episode, I'm super excited to have Mae Harden, romance author, dirty talk specialist, and baking enthusiast here with us as we talk a little bit about sex toys and some sexy books too. Mae self-identifies as sex positive and is the kind of friend who texts when the websites are having a good sale on vibrators. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm so good. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. Okay, so I'm so excited because we have Mae Harden here with us today. As we talk a little bit about some, a little bit of sex and about some spicy books also. She is an author in the contemporary romance space and you can find all of her work on Amazon or mayharden.com. May self-identifies as sex positive and the kind of friend who texts when the sex toy websites are having a sale. So, hi May. I have my very first question for you here. Am I missing any good sales right now? Any good sales? I know Love Honey just had like a big 80% off like Ooh. blowout and I was like sending oh, things missed. to my girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything oh. today. I haven't checked today because I've been taking care of kids and stuff this morning. <laughs> I usually do it like <laughs> later in the evening. But yeah. You know, yeah. honestly, I love Honey the best because they do something that not a lot of other websites do. They resell the chargers without the toys. So you can just replace your charger and that is a game changer. Absolute game changer. Yes, I found this out. TMI right here. I found this out because my mom lost her charge to a charger for to her womanizer, who she calls her boyfriend. She was actually the inspiration for the title of the podcast here. (laughs) (laughs) So she calls her womanizer her boyfriend, and she lost the charge cord for like a solid year. And we kept ordering ones on Amazon, and none of them fit. And then I found out that you can actually collate and search by brand on, like, Love Honey, and you can buy just the charge cords. Oh so. I have, like, four toys that I need new cords for, because we have puppies, and they've chewed them up. Oh, I have, like, no. four that I need new ones for. You are a lifesaver, because I'm like, there's a box of, like... I'm glad that I could help you out with something there. Yeah, no, I was, like... <laughs> I was so happy when I found that out because once you lose it, it, you might as well just throw it away. Like, honestly, it's useless. I've definitely done that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am so glad that you're here today with us as we talk about a little dirty talk, some sex toys in the bedroom, you know, and just some general all-around fun. You know, we like things here, you know, my other boyfriend is a vibrator to be, you know, a little bit, you know, casual and fun and all about, you know, female empowerment. So let's get started with some questions we like to ask everybody around here. So what is your favorite sex toy or kink? It's up to you. Either in a book or in the bedroom. Okay, so real life. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is like the May Harden approved sex toy combo is the Enjoy pure one like the g-spot one the big metal like stainless steel one okay let me write this down (laughs) girl you need this thing oh my god i told my girlfriends the first time i did it i was like you guys want to like get a review and all i sent them was like 
the wave emojis and like mm-hmm. the water splash emojis and yeah. like this thing I that paired with uh, the We Vibe Melt is my favorite favorite. I have heard so much about We Vibe, and you know what scares me away from it is just the price tag Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I can't spend that much on a vibrator and it be bad, and you can't really return one after you've used it. So okay, so this is why I love Love Honey though because you can return things. Oh, I didn't know you did that. Yeah, if you say, like, hey, this isn't for me, like, it doesn't work the way I thought it would, they'll give you something of, like, equal value, but something that'll work better, and they'll, like, actually find you something, because I had something like that happen with one, I got this G-Spot dildo, like, a vibrator, it was a vibrator, but it was so weak, and it was really floppy, mm-hmm. and it was, like, it's pushing rope, it's, like, pointless, and so I was, like, so I messaged them, and I got, like, in the chat with this guy, I think his name was, like, Ramon or something, and he was, like, okay, well, what are you looking for? I'm, like, and that's how I found the stainless steel one. He's like, sounds like you need something a little more. And I was like, yes, I do. So yeah, the Weave I've Melt and the Enjoy Pure Wand are my favorites. Those like make me see Jesus. Those are like the ones where I'm like, dear God, I have to like hide them and put them away. Because like, I, I, there are times like when I just cannot stop. And then I'm like, okay, okay, I gotta be done. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, those are my favorites. Awesome. Kinks. Oh, you're asking about kinks. So kinks, yeah. I write a lot of kinks. Mm-hmm. I'm really big. I like male doms, not daddy doms, but like male doms. Those are my favorite, but I really, really like when they're like, you want that? Okay, well, you're going to earn it or you're going to have to wait for it. I really, really like when they're like, yeah, I know what you want, but you're not getting it yet. That's like my, f- it's like just with that denial. Is, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. My favorite book thing. Yeah. So it's really funny to talk about that because I would really say like, I think one of the things in books that like is really started to become bigger is bratting overall. I don't know if you found that on TikTok yet. Brat oh, yeah. talk is bratting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I definitely love that. Like the banter of like the, you know, you have him and he's trying to get, you know, control it. And then you have her and she's kind of like, make me right. So yes, so I literally fun. have a heroine whose tagline was, make me I loved it oh my god I love that bratting is so good oh I know I wish we saw more of that kind of stuff because I see like so I you know check you know what's out there and what's new every day or so and like I've been seeing a ton of like the daddy stuff and I'll be I mean I'll be honest I got a little bit of a daddy cake I'm not gonna say that oh, I yeah. don't who, who doesn't you know like you know call me dirty daddy right I mean some great alliteration mm-hmm. with that right there but oh yeah you know I've really seen a lot more of the bratting stuff out there recently and I think it's great so you know yeah. hey something for everyone out there right we're all inclusive in the romance industry so yeah okay so let's talk a little bit about your writing so tell me how did you get started in writing take me through the journey here I've always loved reading and I've loved writing I had like a stint where I was a romance reader in high school and then I went to culinary school and I was too busy and I just kind of didn't read a lot. And then once we were like, I was married and we had kids, but I was like working and I was just like needed an escape. And so I got in back into reading romances and I was listening. It was like when Audible used to have like the ebooks or the audiobooks you could do like with the subscription, whatever. So I did that and I got really into my romance books and then I found like the dirtier ones because I didn't read like Harlequin ones when I was younger and like some like tamer stuff and then I found some really dirty stuff and I was like, oh, hello. That's where things get good, right? I know. (laughs) I found my people. But yeah, and then I was, I actually used to listen to the Read Me Romance podcast a lot and then I would listen to it while I was running and they would talk about like this, this community of authors and women who work together and I was like, lonely. I was a housewife. I was just me and my kids. And 
I started writing and that was like, that was it. I just, I started doing it. I wrote half of a book and then I got sidetracked by a different character and I wrote that character and her whole book. And I literally just like threw it on Amazon one day. I was like, all right, here we go. I did nothing. I did not advertise. I didn't do anything. It was a mess. (laughs) But yeah, that kicked it all off. And now I'm like 12, 13 bucks deep. Yeah, 13. (laughs) Well, like, did you meet a lot of friends in the romance writing space too? Yeah. Yeah. So I've made the best friends of my whole life, I think, right My author bestie, Claire Hastings, she's been my ride or die girl since day one because we published our first book within a month of each other back in 2020. I was April, I think, and she was May. Anyways, we were within a month of each other and she's been my best friend the whole time. And then, you know, she had a really great group of girlfriends and they invited me in and that's been amazing. So yeah, I found like a little tribe and we were really, really, really tight. And it's awesome. But I mean, almost everybody I meet in the romance industry has just been amazing. I really, it's a really fun community. I think that that was the one thing that really surprised me about the romance industry. So background for me, not that it relates to this at all. But so I came from, I studied English in college. So I like went the more traditional publishing path in college and yeah. did like a lot of a ton of literary journals. And it was like, so unbelievably cutthroat in like a way that I hated it. Like it was awful to the point that like after I finished my all my creative writing final thesis I was like I'm not doing this again and like that's the one thing that I think has really surprised me about the romance industry it's not just like how inclusive it is but like how accepting it is because like some of these people like behind their author personas are like not the person that you think would be writing like bds and m poly romance you know yeah. and <laughs> They're like, yeah. I'm going to strap her to a radiator, you know, type situation. And then he's just going to have his way with her type stuff. And they're just like these little adorable sweet housewives. So you're just like, hey, I like you. I like it. So yeah, it's awesome to see. So <laughs> It's really fun when I see the other authors, like when we do collaborations and stuff and people start talking about their real life jobs because it's like lawyers and nurses and, you know, executives and reporters and they doctors and, like, and doctors, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Like it's just awesome. So I cool. think it's great. I love it. I love hearing about people's like stories. Like that always fascinates me as to like how you turned into the person that you turned into, <laughs> you know, to get to where you get right. Cause it's all a journey at the end. So, okay. And then our last one to kind of segue into our main topics of the, you know, the podcast today what is your biggest pet peeve around how women are represented in within modern culture? And do you think romance novels buck that trend in any way? Okay, so my biggest thing is, an, it's a body part. It's an anatomy issue. The mother freaking hymen. Why do we talk about this? Like, it's a freaking freshness seal. Every time I hear somebody being like, he popped right through it, or like, I felt it go. I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. Or like, like when they say the like, it goes so deep, it hit her hymen. Oh, I hate that line. Oh my God. I'm like, that's it doesn't perfect. work like that. It's so not a Ziploc bag. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my gosh. It makes me insane. The hymen. Virginity and culture in general isn't my bag because I grew up religious and it's totally fine. Like I never yuck a yum. So anyone who mm-hmm. likes it, like that's awesome. Yeah. But for me, it brings up bad, shamey mm-hmm. childhood, teenager years. Yes. And I, every time I get into like the virginity culture stuff, I just like, I'm like, eh. so I like my heroines a little more experienced. I wrote my first virgin and I was like, never again. For me, I don't mind a virgin heroine if they don't heavily focus on the fact that she's like, virginal and like if that's the reason he's attracted to her right like I hate when they have these guys like oh I love it she's inexperienced I'm like uh no 
that's uncomfortable, please. But, like, if it's just, like, oh, she just happens to be a virgin type situation, I really dislike the books that play so heavily on that trope of, like, you know, the experienced older man and the younger woman, and, like, he's going to show her the way because she just inexperienced, doesn't know anything. So, but if that's your thing, I mean, it's just not mine, right? So... I feel well, you. And I think there are ways to write that heroine. I had one, I had her really inexperienced, but I also had her just like bust out of her shell through the whole book. And by the end of it, she's like out kinking the hero. And oh, so nice. she's, he's like, he's like, that turned you on, didn't it? And she's like, yeah, yeah, let's try that. And he's like, why does that not surprise me? Like, it's just, it's <laughs> like, I think there are fun ways to do it. And there are definitely fun ways to write virgins. But yeah, it's really the hymen. I don't have any virgins. I, it's the hymen. I agree like, because I feel like when people include it, it's like you can tell that they don't understand the way the hymen works in the way that they talk about it. And you're just like, no. And I hate to say it. I mean, I'm that kind of person that like those little things, they lose me, right? Like I have DNF'd a book before for that kind of stuff. And it's like, it was a good book up until that point. And you're just like, no, let's not do this. Let's not. So basic female anatomy, basic human anatomy is kind of necessary for writing. If you write, you know, closed door book or open door books. I mean, closed door, yeah. do whatever you want. But if you're writing open door, you've got to have basic anatomy on lock. I, I agree completely. A hundred percent. Unless it's, you know, <laughs> you're just leaning into the fantasticalness of it. Like uh, my dad wrote a porno and it's like, you know, it's bad. Oh you absolutely know it's bad, but you love it because it's bad. And you're just like, you know, the tatas don't work like that. But, you know, hey, whatever, right? It's like we're just going to laugh and giggle here. Oh, my God. I love her. <laughs> oh, I love that. I binged all five seasons of that. And I'll talk about other podcasts. I binged all five seasons of that in the span of, like, four months. And I was driving back and forth between Houston and oh Dallas God. in 2020. And there were times that I had to pull over to the side of the road to <laughs> just yes. die giggling. So, Oh, my God. I have a story about this. My best friend's in real life. I'm not going to say her name, but she'll know it when she listens to this. So she went to, I want to say it was like, where did she go? I think she went to the car wash or something. But she got out and then, oh, no, it was the valet. Her and her husband went on a date and they, it was the valet. When they got out of the car, the phone reconnected the to their phones and started playing. My dad wrote a porno. And so the guy inside was just like, <laughs> May. The majority of my romance and erotica I consume on my audiobook, like when I'm yes. just driving around and running errands. And like, I can't tell you how many times I have been in a drive through line at a Starbucks. I roll down the window, and the next thing that comes out is like, I grabbed his dick so hard. And I'm just like, No, 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 no. That is. I think every romance reader out there can relate to that moment when the valet or the drive through person or the car wash guy or somebody heard your audiobook over the speaker. Yep, you can relate. Yeah, like, for that's me, okay, to me. so picture me in the Toyota service depot and it's like <gasps> a pull through area and there's probably 12 other cars. There's got to be 20. Yeah. people packed in there. I have my son in his infant carrier because he was like less than one. My daughter in a stroller and I'm trying to shuttle my two kids to our rental while they have my minivan because I have a minivan because of course I do. And my phone, when he turned the car on, I had been listening to my AirPods and then, but it reconnected to my car and it was Sierra Simone's American Queen. And it was right in the middle of the like 
the dirtiest like mmf scene oh it was yeah there was like double fisting going on it was like all kinds of stuff and i was just like i was like i didn't know what to do and i could see the guy like because it was loud like the windows were down and the volume was kind of high and i can see the guy slapping the radio through the windows and stuff just trying to slap it and turn it up and i and i just like turned the volume all the way down on my phone and walked away i was like nope not even going to address this. I just walked out. You know, I kind of have gotten to the point where I can determine how cool people are based off of their response to what they overhear from my phone's audiobook player. Because, like, if it's the guy that, like, he's ashamed and he's, like, scandalized, like, oh, my God, I'm like, okay, you don't roll deep. Versus it's, like, if it's, like, the little, you know, the little tiny girl who's, like, checking me out at the Walmart and she's like, oh, yeah, what's that one? That is the moment when you find your kindred spirit in the world, I find. You're like, yes, yes. you're freaky. Let's do it. The dirty book sisterhood. <laughs> the best is when you find guys that do it, too. Yes. There's a large amount of guys that read romance and erotica. And, like, it's very, like, we're all, like, females and it's female-centric and it's all about, you know, that kind of stuff. I can't tell you how many guys I've met that they're, like, they overhear and they're like, I read that one last month, and I'm like, yeah, I know, it just came out, and I haven't finished yet. It's great. I love it. It's just amazing. It's so great. Empowering to see men be comfortable with that kind of stuff, too. Because I think women are so much more comfortable in a lot of ways. So much more. So much more comfortable. There's a guy down at the hardware store. We live in a small area in Virginia, so it's like a teeny tiny little, like, neighborhood hardware store i'm there all the time because we got a diy house and we're like fixing it up but one of the guys like what do you do i'm like oh i'm an author and he's like oh i love reading i'm like well i write romances and he goes (laughs) and i'm like oh he did he like leaned across the paint counter and he's like handing me a gallon of my white paint and he's like i love romances i'm like all right well here's my card here you can download a free book right here and he's like Oh my God. So now I've got a fan of the hardware store and it's like the greatest because I'll go in and he's like, I just finished the B one and I really liked this part. And he's like, oh my gosh, I love so that. Cool. That's great. I love that. So, okay, May, so let's get into the topic one, you know. All right. Okay, May, so you like to call yourself the dirty talk specialist. Don't think I didn't find that on your website. <laughs> Which sounds like the best self-proclaimed title possible for a romance <laughs> author out there. Like, honestly, kind of jealous I didn't think of it myself, but I'll be real honest, I'm not great at dirty talk. So I thought it would be fun if you could give me some great pointers on, you know, what you would have for me about how to like up my dirty talk game. Because I am so awkward with dirty talk. Writing your real life though. I mean, let's start with both. I mean, because I have to be honest, because I feel like it relates, right? If you're not good at in real life, like it's even worse than books, right? You know, because it comes off more awkward and unnatural with the characters. Like, versus if you can kind of take from your real life, you know, it relates a little bit. So my dirty talk definitely, my real life dirty talk definitely came after my writing dirty talk games. Because, well, when I first started writing romance, I was like, I didn't think I was going to be able to write the sex scenes. I was like, I don't even know if I can write good sex scenes. And then it turned into my freaking bag. And now I'm like all about the sex scenes. (laughs) And those are like, that's my specialty. I had a reader actually like in a review was like, dirty talk specialist right here and I was like oh that's going on my website and then it became my whole logo so oh that's even better it's reader dubbed that's winning an Oscar right there I know I mean bow down to the dirty talk specialist queen right there as far as like dirty talk I mean you have to get the characters for me I have to get the characters like vocabulary kind of set ahead of time so I tend to like some of the characters like some of them are going to say 
cock more than dick. And they're going to say like, you know, they're going to say different things. They're going to, so I try to do all of that ahead of time. And so what I do when I write my sex scenes on the dirty talk is I try to lay out the, like what the characters need from the sex scenes. And is something vibrating over there? Do you have a toy out already? <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I wish. <laughs> like, I'll talk you through this, but. We live in a completely concrete building, and oh, no. for some reason, they reserve until like 11 a.m. to start work, and you can hear it every time. If it's not every that Every single time. I was just like, hey, is something going in your nightstand over there? <laughs> No. The funny thing is, is it's my office. So like all of the toys are in like a travel case in my bedroom. And over here in my office, it's more just like the accoutrement. So it's like, I have like 10 bottles of lube. And then I have like some paddles and some floggers and stuff like that for stuff that I'm shooting for YouTube because I shoot like sex centric YouTube videos. Oh my God. I'm so excited to see this. <laughs> so I have like, like, I'll just have like boxes of stuff over here. And so like, it's hilarious because when I'm like on my work computer, I have to keep the entire background blurred out. Because it's like, all you see is just like, we're and then you just like, in the middle of that, there's like bondage rope because I'm doing like a video on like, you know, beginner bondage and trying it out and yes. seeing if I can like figure out how to tie myself up. Because I see those like the harnesses. Yes, the shibari. They're so pretty. Yes. I'm like, ooh, I want to do that. Oh my God. Even if I don't like relate it to anything, I just want to try it. So. Okay. so I'm actually writing a shibari book this summer, but like. I know. Oh my god, you have to okay, you have to send it to me then when it's okay, done. I will. It's because I want to read it. It's part of the Club Sin series, so it's a reverse harem sex club with and then everyone has their own kink and I pick Shibari because I've always wanted to write it. So <gasps> Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so, so I've been doing my research. <laughs> but the harnesses are so good. Okay, dirty talk. So yes. <laughs> I have to really set aside like what I need them to like get out of each scene and then I usually go through and I sketch through my mechanics and then I go back through emotions and stuff. I'm sorry, I'm like losing the camera because I'm thinking. Don't I go through and like add the emotions. And then what I really do is I go through and I make sure like the limbs and stuff are all in the right place. And dirty talk is like the last thing. And so every time it's like I like to do the dirty talk, but it's like with position change or like gearing up to something. I really like like the dominating men when they're like, you're gonna come for me and you're gonna come now. I really enjoy that. As far as like getting into it it's not like Dirty Talk is that creative because you can't go like off the deep end and be like, stroke that. You know what I mean? Like you have to be like, it has to be realistic. I have to have realistic dialogue. So it really, I think it's just like, I'll write something and then I'm like, let's push it 10% more and make it dirtier. So I usually will like go through and like the Dirty Talk, I'll rewrite like two or three times to get it dirtier every time. That's really the biggest thing. I think it's just like finding my comfort level for the Dirty Talk bits and then just going like, yeah, like 80% farther. <laughs> so you said you got better in your real life, though, after you figured it out for your character. Yeah. Right? But my husband gives me crap because I'll, like, be, like, talking in bed. He'll do it, too. Like, he'll participate. He's great about it. But then he's, like, afterwards, he's always, like, I feel like you're going to judge me. Or I feel like I'm not going to be, like, say something dirty enough. And he's, like, and then I feel like I'm falling down on, like, giving you enough, like, you know, fuel for your career. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which is so cute. And so Do they not realize that we don't use them for fuel for anything? Let's be real honest. Like, no. Research. We're yes. creating crazy fantasies in our head over here. It's not even remotely realistic to real life at all. I mean, it not might not. be fun for it to be, but it's not. I mean, I wish usually. my sex life was like that, but I'm definitely not getting <laughs> railed in the back of a bookstore on the weekend. So, no. 
<laughs> I know. I agree completely. I mean, I just, it's not, <laughs> not there for me. So, okay. So what are some of your favorite scenes in your books to incorporate dirty talk in? Outside of bedroom. I'm going to say that. Outside of the bedroom. I really like like the whispered conversations when you get like, I really enjoy that. Like just lean over and whisper something dirty that just, just between the two of them. I really enjoy that moment. That's always like, I really enjoy that. I love the buildup and the banter in romance. And so I love double entendres. I really like getting something in there that's kind of, it could go either way, but having them, and especially if one of them is like enemies to lovers and they're like, F you mother trucker. Like they're just like, I'm not in for this. And they're like, the other one's like, we'll see. I'm always a big fan of those. <laughs> those are my favorite dirty talk moments. I think. I definitely think. I definitely think Enemies to Lovers is the most, because you can really just say, like, the most heinous things between the characters. And then, like, it doesn't make sense because at the end, the reader buys it because it's Enemies to Lovers, so they're supposed to talk like that to each other, right? Like, it's you can, so much fun. Like, I hate you and your mother and every ancestor of your life type, <laughs> type situation going on. So, it's, like, it. it's fun. So, I mean, TikTok loves it, so we love it, right? Banter. Banter's always the best. Okay, I have to ask you, have you ever picked up like a pickup line or a banter line from somewhere in real life? Obviously, it doesn't have to be your husband. Oh, right? yeah. It could be something anybody said to you, right? Oh, yeah. I have people offer me suggestions all the time. <laughs> people at the dog park know that I do this. One of my good friends, Zach, he lives down in Texas. So I was talking to him and my other friend on the phone. We we're having like a little chat. And he's like, and Jen's like, he's got so many good pickup lines. He's got so many dirty lines. So I have a free book out right now. It's just like part of a giveaway. But the assistant is like calling up to the stage and he's like, walking or working, Poppy. And it's like my favorite. That was the Zach line. I'm trying to think what else I picked up. I mean, honestly, like I get a lot of my inspiration from Pornhub. <laughs> so like, you know, because I don't know if you've like ever gone on there. You can do like just audio, like they like the ASMR ones or whatever, but they'll do like just dirty talk audio. So sometimes if I'm not feeling like super inspired, I'll just go and I'll listen while I'm like sweeping the floors. And it's always like, yeah, yeah. I love that we romance authors take inspiration from legitimately anywhere. So I just not know that you could just do the audio on a Pornhub video. So it's not all of them. It's like some people just record the audio. Yeah, but there are just audio like and it really like a lot of them are died on like a lot of them are like roommate kink or whatever. But it's just you can find pretty much anything. Yeah, there was a really good roommate one I listened to a while back. And I was like, I need to go find it again. (laughs) Like send it to my girlfriend. If you find it, please send it to me. I I, I have to experience this now. I will my next great bucket list item may so (laughs) yay okay well okay may i know that you are you know much like me you're a sex toy enthusiast so i think we definitely here in america tend to have a taboo attitude around toys toy play in the bedroom i know tiktok has gotten wholly into this idea of competition with toys which i just i just think it's crazy i don't understand that it's like men against the women who use toys i mean what do they think we use right But it's added a lot of awareness to toys and in general increased the positive attitude towards them overall that more so than I thought we had, you know, when we were younger. A lot of younger people are becoming more aware of toys and usage of toys and proper care and stuff like that. You know, I think that kind of stuff is like not something that I had at 18 or 19 years of age. But in a lot of ways, you know, we're still seeing them as being more private, you know, something that's like for you in the bedroom between yourself and stuff like that. You know, lots of creators have faced censoring on platforms because of it. Like, 
There's this crazy rule on TikTok, you can't show a vibrator. I don't know why, because it's not like we're showing the usage of it. We're right. just showing it. So It's basically a pretty stick. I mean. Exactly. Exactly. Plus, I mean, how many times have we used something that's not a vibrator at all for the same purposes? So, okay. So, you know, I just think in general, like, I, yeah. I've seen a lot of, you know, creators and brands coming out, you know, about buying toys on Amazon, you know, and how you shouldn't do that and stuff like that. Do you think that there's some level of gatekeeping there? Like, do we have privilege in our ability to say that to people? Because, like, I would think about, you know, young 19-year-old, maybe she works a minimum wage job. She's in, like, let's say she's small town Arizona or, like, small town Wyoming or something like that. That might be her only avenue to get toys. So where do you kind of fall in that argument? Do you think that, you know... I do fall into the do not buy sex toys on Amazon camp. I mean, I do have like a sensitivity to a lot of different materials and stuff. And I've absolutely had bad experiences buying cheap toys, the jelly toys and stuff. Like I absolutely will never buy anything unless it's glass, metal or silicone, like ever again. Nothing porous. I'm big on that. I think there is definitely gatekeeping. And I think that like young women, like I know, like it was something like we never talked about. Like I got some, my mom was pretty decent with our sex talks and stuff, but then like it was like one and done. and then. I was on my own to figure out how to be sex positive. I knew sex was there, but I had to figure out the positive part. I think women are getting into it younger now, partly just because moms are getting more open to it. Like I told my daughter, like anything you need, like you come get me. I was like, well, like we'll go look at bras. She doesn't even need a bra yet. We went and looked at bras. I'm like, I think there's just a better attitude from like women and moms you know, setting better examples. I mean, I know for me, so I grew up in a super sex positive household. Mm-hmm. Like my mother offered to buy me my first vibrator. When That's we amazing. Years of age, right? She bought me my first pack of condoms. Like you name it. Like there was no, like she was hundred percent like, you know, like I would love for you to abstain until you're older, but like, if you're going to like, you know, I got you boo, right? Yeah. Type situation. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, that was, oh, I'm aging myself here. Like that was back in like, you know, like, oh, two, right? Like very early Y2K, right? Yeah. And so, you know, out here, right? And that, I remember talking to my friends and being like, because you're a kid, you're slightly mortified that your mom just offered to buy you a yes. sex toy. But at the same point, like, I remember so many of my friends, like, stepping up at that moment and be like, that's amazing. Like, even if you don't want it, like, that's amazing that your mom would even be at that point. And I, remember being in such a small minority at that point that my mom was willing to do something like that for me than like a lot of like my other friends, especially because I did grow up in the church, right? Yeah. yeah. Former church. Oh, yeah. Like everybody was a little kinky and, you know, oh, yeah. was formerly in the church. So like that was like a, such a risk for her to kind of take. And so I think I had a lot of awareness at a young age because my mom was so open. But I looked at so many of my friends who didn't. Mm-hmm. And so my little brothers are like, they're like, super young and my niece is just now hitting like puberty and I look at like how they broach it mm-hmm. is so much different than like how me and my sister broached it because you know they've been having it since they were like super young versus like my mom was only kind of getting comfortable at that point as me and my sister reached that age to get to that point yeah. so like I honestly regret that I didn't take her up on the offer to buy the first one after realizing how expensive they are <laughs> right oh my god I know <laughs> I already told my husband and like my best friend in real life, we have a pact with our girls. We're like, well, if anything ever happens to us, we give our girls sex talks. We provide like the mom who gets, you know, condoms and toys and whatever. Mm-hmm. My husband's really cool about it. My husband's really good about it, but that's definitely gonna be my job. But as far as like the availability, I don't know. I wish you could go to like a physical store and get a good quality product. 
But the physical stores around me are junk. They're overpriced. I mean, things are three or four times what they are online. And then, I mean, I, I feel like you do have to have a credit card. You do have to order online to get anything decent. So I don't know. And then, you know, and then there's just I mean, a lot. I know. Money. So I'm based in Dallas, right? And so mm-hmm. like, that's the big thing. Everybody talks about like Dallas, like we have a sex toy store on every corner. And even like the ones that like build themselves as being like high end and luxury, like you can probably get the nice ones. Like you might get like a, you know, rabbit, you might get a satisfier or something like that. But like just the majority of the store, like anything that I would say is like affordable for somebody to buy is like something that I would never let touch me in a million years. Right. Yeah. I'm not over here talking about like the crystal dildo from Goop. Like I'm just, (laughs) you know, I'm simply talking like, we're just talking like base level. Body safe. Just so body expensive. Safe. Body safe. It's so expensive. <laughs> like, so have you seen the rose yet? I have to ask. I have. have I have the seen them. Yet? I did. They, I, yeah, they popped up the other day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that because it's a weird shape for me. It is a very, very weird shape. It looks very, like, clunky. Have, like, and so I found the whole time. out that, like, there's no brand that sells it. It's just, like, manufacturing plants in China that are, like, selling this through, like, a myriad of different resellers. And it's, like, one of those, like, drop ship things. So, like, the brand can just, like, put their logo on it, and then they can drop ship it to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, like, and I looked at the price, and I get it. It's affordable. But, like, at the same point, I'm just kind of, like, you don't know what that is type situation. And there is a whole war on TikTok right now about the rose. What? Like, people are up in arms that somebody would consider buying something from a drop ship company for that type situation. So. Well, and there's like a quality issue, like just like the actual air pulsations on them can't be that great. The motors are probably not great quality. The batteries are going to die super fast. And I mean, it's like definitely a bit of a false economy because you have to invest in a good toy, but then a good toy lasts forever. I mean, I've had my melt for like a year and a half and it's starting to maybe go downhill, but like that girl has put in some work. Like she's going to get like a Valhalla, like sent off to sea on a, you know, burning boat because she's done some work. <laughs> Oh, yeah. She went down in battle there at the end, right? So. She did. She did. Yeah. And I'm going to use it at the end, but yeah, she, she's going downhill a little. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. So I recently did a review from a brand, and I did, so I did the before reviews, and then where I was usage, right? So then I was going to do the after reviews. Then. Yeah. And I was so mad because one of these toys that I got, right, came as like a freebie in a box, and like. I put the battery in it and turned it on. It straight up didn't even last 10 minutes. Like, not even. Like, I had filmed the trial video to show how it works. And by the end of it, the battery had died. And I'm like, this is so bad for the environment here. Can we just get something that recharges? Right. I'm sorry. I don't want to use 50 batteries just to get to the end goal. No. And, like, Womanizer does, like, the one where it's, like, 30 minutes. I mean, those batteries last a little bit longer. I got a free one one time. I think it was Love Honey. No, no, no. It was Pink Chair. I got a free, like, Womanizer, the one. But it's, like, literally, you can't recharge it. You use it until the battery dies, and then you throw it away. Throw it away. I'm like, okay, and, like, the last half of it, the battery is so bad that you're like, well, it's useless anyways. So, like, what's the point? It's, just, it's super wasteful. I'm not a fan of that. I'd rather save up and buy something good that's going to hold up for a long time. I don't know. I mean, I just think we, you know, we need a female politician that's going to run on free sex toys for all. Yes. Can you imagine how much happier women would be if we all Oh, had my God, yes. Like in the that bed. would be amazing. I mean, the country would just. We'd all be. It doing would that. run itself. It really would at that point if we got that. It would. America would run itself right it's healthcare. there. So. I mean, masturbating is good for you. It's healthcare. It is. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's such... So my mom's, like, a counselor. And she talks about, like, you know, mental health. And, like, so one of her couples came in recently. And she they were talking about, 
you know, just like the attitude and the stress of the pandemic and stuff like that. And her like first recommendation was like, okay, it's so, like, when was the last time you had sex? When was the last time you masturbated? I'm like, mom, you can't be asking these people this. And she's like, no, it's what I do. And it's she's like, it's better for their health. Oh, okay. I mean, so what do you think about the competition thing when guys are come out about sex toys? I didn't realize this was a thing. That I, men were this upset about sex toys. I think it's toxic masculinity. I think it's fragile ego. I kind of think it's pathetic. I mean, honestly, like, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to compete with a tight, you know what, with like a fleshlight. Like, this is stupid. Like, it really does bother me because it goes back. And like, I've seen guys do this to like, lesbian or like LGBTQ influencers or TikTokers where they're like, well, I could do better than that piece of silicone. I'm like, no, buddy, you can't. No. Good try, but no. I mean, that's like, I don't know. Well, at the end of the day, I don't want you to consent to uninvited comments, right? I think that's right? the thing that like bothers me about it is like these men that don't understand like the consent of making those comments to us. Oh, yeah. No, they don't get any. Like, I'm like, they're like, well, it's, you know, I'm not talking. I'm just saying like, I would. No. Nobody wants. I didn't to invite you to this conversation, person. You were not invited here. So you can just butt on out. So. Okay, well, let's talk about sex toys and romance books a little bit. So I think one of the things that I get most disappointed about is that, like, it's so much more common in romance books to see, like, something that's not a sex toy being used in a sex toy space. Like, oh, she grabs a cucumber or something like that. I'm like, okay, first of all, <laughs> ew. Second of all, like, why couldn't she just grab a dildo? What's wrong with the? Why are we so, as authors, so hesitant to just, like, you know, put the toy play out there? I think that there needs to be more of it in general. Yeah, it really does. It's not mainstream. And when it is in a book, it almost automatically puts it into like a level five or like erotica heat. And I'm like, that's bullshit because I'm sorry, that's bullcrap. But because, sorry. How, but how many, okay, what percentage of women in books have toys in their bedside? It's probably like 5%. What percentage of women in real life have toys? It's way higher. And that's a way. I know. It makes That's me crazy. the thing that I think irritates me the most is that, like, that and, like, I think, the like, the lack of female masturbation. Oh, yeah. Like, representing. I remember when there was that, the scene in Bridgerton season one when Daphne and everybody, like, lost it. They were like, oh, my God, that's so sexy to see. And it's so empowering. And I'm just like, I'm like, why aren't we doing that more, right? I think you see, like, a lot of, like, younger shows and a lot of younger media outlets willing to, like, embrace that. But, like. Let's be honest, like, you know, 50-year-old woman right in, you know, in her house, right? We all do She's it. having sex maybe once every one to two weeks, right? right? Unless she's just, you know, so what's she doing anytime? She's masturbating. She's she, getting that toy out, right? Like, alone. she's got yeah. that variety. Yeah, absolutely. I really do wish that there was a way to see more toy play in books and make it more normal overall. But I just think that there's, like, such an inherent kind of attitude towards it that it's like it somehow takes it all the way too far all of a sudden right like yeah. it's not playful and steamy it's just like straight on raunchy so and I think that that probably is weird I think it also I think some authors don't want to make the I think there's like a fine line you have to skate where you're not like making a hero look inadequate which is stupid but I think a lot of authors worry about that because we build these male characters up into these like sex gods and then they're like well, why do they even need a toy because clearly they have a vibrating you know what and you know and 
but you know what I mean? Like, I think part of it's that like worry about making the hero not look like he's doing his job. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know that. I want to see more of it. I like when I see it. And I want to, I like when I see it in mainstream stuff. I love it in BDSM too. Yes. But when you see it in mainstream yes. and like lube, why is lube taboo when you have the anal scenes? Like, why is this a thing? Why is lube hard to come by? I just don't understand. You know, the funny, that is like, I would say that's one of my trigger points with romance novels is like when all he does is like, look at her and she gets wet. And I'm like, dude, I was 19 and that didn't happen for me. Like, I am now 35 and that's definitely not happening for me. Let's just be honest. Let's get some lube in this scene, right? It's so funny because, you know, authors, they take the time now to like, a lot of more contemporary ones take the time to really emphasize that, like, where he grabs the condom type situation because they want to promote safe sex, offer safe sex 100%. You know, but it's like, I don't understand how it's, like, that much further to, like, talk about, like, you know, the lube or the toys. It's not. I had a heroine who had a big guy and she was like, she had to have lube. And then I had her just carry coconut oil in her purse because the rest of the scenes were all public sex scenes and I had to figure it out. I'm like, she keeps coconut oil as a moisturizer. There we go. <laughs> that was like the only thing I could come up with. That was like besides travel loop. <laughs> it's really funny. So I went to college in Austin and I feel like that like is one of the big, like the coconut oil is the lube is one of the big things that like I learned about yeah. living in like a culture like Austin because Austin. like, and like now there's like vegan and there's all this kind of stuff that like, it's so much easier to find things that are actually like body safe. But, like, back then, like, in the early aughts, there was not. And I remember, like, the first time somebody told me about coconut oil, A, as moisturizer. It was, like, Dear White People has this amazing scene. You know, I remember Sex in the City, like, came out of the gate hard with that, like, original OG scene when Samantha masturbates and stuff like that. You know, why do you think it is we don't really see as many of these kinds of scenes in the romance and the erotica space? I mean, even like, <laughs> let's be honest, even with the porn industry, like, it's not common. I mean, I have to give to see necessarily like a scene where a female like, masturbates. Oh, and I like, I was like, I'll oh, just skip the loop at this part. And my editor came back. She's like, no, bitch, figure it out. I'm sorry, I just swirled on. Oh, no. But she was like, no, you got to figure it out. My editor is awesome. But she'll come at me and she's like, mm, no, mm-mm, you figure this out. And so that's why I was like, okay, okay. So I, but I have to give credit to my editor, Amy, because she cracked the whip on that one a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You can take a look at her novels over on her Instagram at May Insta or on her website at mayharden.com. Check down in the description below to make sure that you've got those links. And when they do, most of the time it's, like, for the male gaze. They're not actually, like, masturbating. It's not, you're like, that's not doing anything. Enjoy those four-inch fingernails because that's not going anywhere. <laughs> Makes me crazy. No, I don't know. I mean, I think it's getting better. I definitely think it, this, at least in America, it's a pretty puritanical society still. And there's still a lot of judgment. And I think that shame just has not, I don't think it's had time to, you know, work its way out of our society as much as we'd like. I think it's going that direction. I think in a couple of years, it'll be, you know, quite a bit more acceptable and more widespread. But I mean, and that's part of the thing like with authors is like, at least we have a chance, we have a platform. And if we're self-publishing, we have a platform to do whatever we want. And so we can do that now. So like, I like having my characters do that. I like having them masturbate. I like having them masturbate in front of each other because that's kind of fun. And 
big fan of like the oh well show me what that i love the (laughs) co-masturbation trope too where it's like he masturbates her and she masturbates him oh they're so good because that's a it's realistic right and it's hot Mm -hmm. right like it's something that like Everybody has done at some point in a real life scene with their partner, they have done a co-masturbation thing. And they've definitely done masturbation by themselves too. So Um, do you think that the younger generations coming up will kind of view those kinds of things differently than like we do necessarily? I think so. I think they'll, I mean, I think it's just going to get more open. I think we're heading that direction for the most part. I hope so. I would really, I mean, the more we see that, so part of like for romance, like I was so sheltered and I was, I had so much shame around sex that being able to express it and being able to talk about it with other women is so freeing and it's so positive that like the more we can do that, the better off I think we're all going to be, especially women. I think it improves our bonding. I think it makes our relationships happier. I think <laughs> just chemically we are happier because then we all have all those good endorphins. I just, the more we, yeah, I think the more we promote it, the better. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I also think there's something very empowering about that. Cause, I mean, let's be honest, right? Like, 90% of the sex toy industry is geared towards women, right? Men have long figured out how to do it by themselves. I mean, they have some great toys. Like, there's, like, the Rocket, and there's, like, the Pussy Pocket, and all that kind of stuff. But, like, let's be honest. Yeah, like, it's, I think for us, right? <laughs> You know, I think for us, like, it's 90% of the industry is geared towards us, but I feel like the way that we, they talk about it is so much more male-centric gaze, even though we're the ones buying the products. Yeah. We're the ones. It's empowering for us. It's That's like, we might let a man be involved with it, or we might let our partner be involved with it, but it's more about us in general in the first place more than anything. So yeah. I think that's great. So I really like the cute ones. They, they've started coming out with, like, you know, it's not just like flesh color, color or whatever or pink, but like my sister has like a little satisfier penguin and like she's into cute stuff like that. And it makes her so happy. So now I've outed my sister's toy use on your podcast. But I think that's... <laughs> she won't care. She won't care. It's fine. <laughs> she's like me. It's fine. You know what? Go for her. You know, it's so funny because that is when I'm like looking at toys and I talk about like my reviews. One of the things that I do look at is like the interest, the appeal of it, right? It was absolutely wonderful to have Mae Harden on the podcast today and talk a little bit more about sex toys, DIY kinks, and what's in our nightstands. For those listening, if you want to check out more about Mae Harden or take a look at her novels, make sure to check her out on Instagram at Insta or at her website, www.mayharden.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, Hallie Catherine, you can follow me on Instagram at Hallie Catherine Romance, on Facebook and YouTube at Hallie Catherine Romance, and on Twitter at HK underscore Romance. Thanks again for joining us here on My Other Boyfriend is a Vibrator. I'll see you next time and stay kinky, y'all.